0: Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about the stock market and investing, and specifically uh, why the stock market doesn't always work out the way that you want it to, and specifically uh, you know how investing uh, is really anti what we think it is uh, many of the times, and I'll dive into more of what that means and uh, what it means for you as an investor, what it means for me as an investor, uh, and how it is going to impact our returns uh, and impact the way that we move forward in our investing lives and uh, the way that I view investing on this show on a day-to-day basis. So just stick around for a discussion of all that and more in today's episode. Before we get started, though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcasts, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long-form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions and you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day basis. Now, look, I understand that there are many of you out there who just don't know much about investing and don't know much about the stock market and are just afraid to try, afraid to start. And I understand, right? A lot of that comes with knowledge and a lot of that comes with understanding. That's why I try to provide you as much of that as I can on a day-to-day basis on this show, because I think the more that you know, the more that you understand, the better decisions that you can make. I think that's pretty logical, right? But even for investors that do know, right? Investors who have been a part of the market, investors who uh, you know do pay attention to what's going on with their money on a regular basis, uh, those people still have these preconceived notions about markets that are just wrong, right? Uh, and we think about markets in a way uh, that is just incorrect, right? And so I'm going to talk about some of the things today, uh, either that uh, we think about incorrectly, uh, things that just uh, do not exist in the way that we think they do, uh, and or uh, prescriptions, things that uh, I think we can do uh, in order to be good investors or things that we can think about in order to be good investors, right? So here's just the first one, right? Results do not come from effort in the stock market. Man, this is a big pill to swallow right it's very difficult to swallow this type of pill because effort right we we know what effort looks like effort is trying hard right effort is uh, you know an athlete going out and shooting a thousand free throws or hundreds of free throws or whatever right it's uh you know a basketball player doing that a, a golfer going out and hitting uh, a bunch of balls at the range it's uh you know a baseball player taking a bunch of ground balls or fly balls or take a bunch of taking a bunch of you know hacks off the tee uh, in batting practice or, or whatever, right? Uh, it is all of these different things, just trying hard, spending more time, doing more things. Uh, and the, the whole reason that you do those things is so you can get results. Well, in investing in the stock market, just because uh, you do a bunch of research, just because uh, you understand a lot of things, right? Uh, does not necessarily mean That you are going to get better results than other people uh, who either don't or other people who, you know, know a little less than you. Right. Uh, People who maybe don't try as hard, but but know a little less than you or maybe even uh, the people who know more than you. Right. Uh, You can fall short of those who know more than you, but you can also exceed the returns of those who know more than you now. But you have to understand if you exceed the performance of those who do know more than you, that doesn't mean that you know more than those people, right? We have this, this idea in our minds that just because we may outperform for some time means that we're smarter, right? Or uh, just because we underperform for some time means that uh, we're not as smart. Now, rarely do we tell ourselves that we're not as smart, right? But we will commonly uh, tell ourselves that somebody else is not very smart because they underperform for some time. And that's just, Rarely true, almost never true, right? Uh, There are tons of people who know a lot about markets, who understand how markets work, uh, who may not get uh, the results that you want or the results that they want in the short term uh, because the market does not care about their effort, right? Uh, The stock market cares about whatever it cares about at any given time. And many times that is not the amount of effort that you're putting into your investing. I'll just give you a perfect example. uh, Something that uh, I think a lot about, especially these days is last year, uh, Kathy Wood and the ARK Invest ETFs, uh, they just had a, a fantastic year right? And I'm not saying that Kathy Wood won't have good returns in the future. It's not what I'm suggesting. And I'm not suggesting um, that her heyday is over, right? But what I am saying is that it's hard to beat a year like last year for her. Uh, It's hard to beat, uh, you know, the the taking advantage of the speculation in the way that she did uh, in the stocks that she's chosen. But uh, we have to uh, examine the fact that this year has not been a good year for especially the ARC Innovate uh, fund. Now, it doesn't mean she doesn't have other funds that uh, are more small cap oriented that do the things that she likes to do and may make really good returns, right? But this idea that you know more than Kathy would just because you invested in an index fund this year is just not true. Right? Uh, Yes, investing in an index fund this year would have gotten you better results, but that doesn't mean that you're smarter. Uh, It doesn't mean that you, uh, you know, have more effort put into it than Kathy Wood does, right? Because just commonly, the the effort and the results of investing just do not go hand in hand uh and we have to get over this because the quicker we can the quicker we can get behind the idea of passive investing and investing in index funds and um you know very low turnover mutual funds over a long period of time uh and seeing why that makes a lot of sense for a lot of people but just because that that's the case does not mean that individual stock picking does not have value uh, i think that it does picking individual securities still can have value right but you have to understand and be willing Uh, to come up short on returns for some time and understand that that does not mean that you are wrong, right? You could be out there right now, right? This year, investing in stocks that are having fantastic years and investing in stocks that may truly be undervalued relative to their actual uh, intrinsic value. But you may be losing to meme stocks, and you may be losing uh, to growth stocks that have uh, blown up, or you you may be losing to things that uh, don't have much, you know, empirical basis for the reasoning uh, behind what they're doing. Right? That doesn't mean that you don't know. That doesn't mean that you didn't put in the effort or did the research. Right? That just means that your results aren't showing up in the time period that you want them to and that kind of brings me to the next thing and the next thought that we have about the market that is just not correct right is that the market actually cares about when you need the money right and the truth is the market doesn't care right the market does not care uh that you know your kids are going to start college at a certain time and you need to pay for that with the money that you've invested the market doesn't care the market does not care uh, when you are going to retire the market doesn't care. It can uh, crash right before you do, right? That's not to say it will. It's just to say it could, right? Uh, so the market does not care. The market doesn't care when you need money. The market doesn't care what returns you think you need by a certain time, right? Uh, because yes, we've had this you know big bull market, this big period uh, of very good returns relative to history, right? But does that mean that that must persist? Not necessarily, Right. Uh, and then you you know take averages into the long term past. Does that mean that averages like that must persist into the long term future? Well, again, not necessarily because the market truly does not care. It does not care what its averages have been. It does not care uh, what you want the average to be by the time that you need some money. It doesn't care. Right. And this is a hard pill to swallow because we do all of these, uh, you know, scenario analyses, right? We're saying if I invest this much for this long uh, and, you know, do it with this rate of return, then I should make X, uh, you know, over so many years, or I should have this much money in order to, uh, you know, put my daughter through college, put my son through college, you know, I should have this much money to, you know, buy the beach house that we always wanted to buy or whatever, right? Ultimately, the market doesn't care. Okay, ultimately you get what you get and this is a hard pill to swallow. It's hard to swallow the fact that you have no control over the amount of money that you ultimately end up with. You can do all the right things and yes, putting in more money is ultimately going to get you more money uh, than the person who didn't, right? But that does not mean uh, that you could control where that more money got you to. You just don't know. We run all these scenarios. I don't know of anyone who's ever invested for retirement and actually gotten right on the dot uh, the amount of money that they wanted uh, when they retired the exact money that they anticipated having when they retired, right? Uh, Because there are so many variables that go into that calculation. And ultimately, we just don't know because the market does not care. The market is not predictable in that way over a long period of time. Right, And given that we don't know uh, what the market's going to give us and given that the market does not care how much time we need or uh, how much you know returns we need over a period of time, right? we just need to control what we can control. right. So again, what can we control? We can control the amount of money that we put in. And in general, we can control when we begin investing because the earlier you begin, the longer your money will have to compound, right? Uh, even though, uh, and this is just an example of that, uh, even though a guy like Warren Buffett uh, did have some amazing years of investing in the 70s and 80s, right? In the 90s and you know, in the mid-2000s and things like that, he just did not have these sustained long-term returns in the way that people thought he did. Right? Uh, because people know you for what you did, not necessarily what you are currently doing, right? Kind of that Kathy Wood thing uh, again. But uh, Warren Buffett, he benefits from something. He benefits from something that he doesn't really control, right? Uh, but that he did control at one period of time, right? Warren Buffett began investing very, very young, right? Uh, but that's something that he could have controlled. What he cannot control, uh, is something that is also benefiting him. And that's the fact that he's pretty old, right? Uh, Warren Buffett's pretty old guy. And the longer that you live and the longer that you're able to leave your wealth alone, the more it's going to grow, the more it's going to compound. Yes, is that wealth compounding at a lower rate than it used to? Sure, right? But once you built up that big nest egg, uh, and his is far more than just a nest egg, right? But once you build up that big sum of money, uh, then growing it, uh, becomes quite easy uh, as long as you continue to live and keep the money invested. right? Uh, so ultimately, the market does not care right? how long Warren Buffett is alive or uh, how long Warren Buffett's been investing. But obviously, he benefits from uh, that being the case. He benefits from uh, investing over some period of time. Because ultimately there are other things that we cannot control, right? You can't control uh, if God forbid you have something, uh, have some type of illness that becomes terminal or whatever, um, and you can't work anymore, and you have to, uh, you know, be at home or whatever, and uh, you know, live on the money that you have. Uh, you can't control that, right? Uh, so maybe your ability to invest over a long period of time gets, uh, you know, gets squashed, and that's something that you can't control. But again, right? Even if uh, you know that you know, maybe you want to retire early, right? There's a more happy uh, idea behind this, right? If you want to retire early and you know I'm going to need this much money by this time, well, the earlier you want to retire, you're shortening your time horizon and therefore uh, leaning more heavily on the things that you cannot control and the things the market ultimately does not care whether it provides you or not the returns and the uh you know the time that you think you need the market may need more time than that to actually show the returns uh that you are expecting okay uh, now along these same lines we have to understand something else about the market and something else that we have to understand is that consistency of performance does not exist okay uh, even outperformance consistent outperformance does not exist, right? Now, consistent underperformance can 100% uh, exist, but that does not always mean uh, that that underperformance is warranted. Again, uh, you could have a great investment strategy and be making money, but still be trailing the market over some period of time because uh, maybe you just aren't using the, the strategy that is most profitable at any given time, but you are still making money and you are still investing in things that are going up in value, right? Uh, but consistent outperformance is so difficult to come by again, the whole Kathy Wood thing, the uh, Warren Buffett thing, right? It's just hard, hard, hard to come by consistent performance that is going to stick around over a long period of time. And even more so for us as individual investors, right? If we're picking individual stocks, if we're buying companies on our own, we have this tendency to feel like, hey, I know something, right? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing better than this person or that person. And so I'm somebody who needs to be listened to. Look, I know I'm here talking to you every day and here giving you uh, you know the the best of you know what I think about investing or what I think about uh, personal finance every single day. But that does not mean in the slightest uh, that I think that I'm some you know prodigy investor. That is not the case. Right, uh, because I know that consistent performance just does not uh, exist over a long period of time. I know that even if I outperform for some time, uh, the market cannot care about that outperformance and can you know make me pay for the fact that I invested in the way that I did, right? Um, and again, the market doesn't care. The market does not uh, have any feelings about switching what works and what doesn't. Now, yes, ultimately, right? Ultimately, the market is driven by people. Right? But it's driven by a bunch of different people with a bunch of different ideas uh, and a bunch of different ideologies. Again, does this mean that you can't have uh, you know, long-term outperformance? Right, You can't outperform the market over a long period of time. It, no, this does not mean that you can't do that. But what this means is that there will 100% be years that you lag the market. I don't know if there's been any investor anywhere ever that didn't have a year where they lagged the market. Right. Uh, And if there was somebody who just continuously beat the market over, you know, 50 years of investing, I want to meet that guy. Right. Or that lady or whomever it is. Right. I want to meet that person because that is just that's an outstanding record. And that's something that just does not exist in the real world very often. Right. So we have to understand that if we are not going to index, we're not going to passively invest, then you're going to underperform sometime. And then the question becomes, how long are you willing to underperform? Uh, you know for the the you know ultimate result of trying to get uh, abnormal returns to the upside right how long are you willing to underperform because yes some money managers may underperform for some period of time right uh, but they may absolutely blow up. And you'll get you know, higher outsized returns uh, to the upside that can you know, hold off that underperformance and actually give you overperformance on average over a long period of time, right? But how long are you willing to hold out? And do you believe that that um, you know, money manager, or do you believe that you yourself have the ability to beat the market over a long period of time? And that's just a hard question to answer. And it's a question that does lead a lot of individuals to the idea of indexing right? It leads a lot of them to the idea of passive investing because they ultimately go, can I really beat the market over a long period of time? And the answer is probably not, right? Uh, Can I do this in a consistent manner? Probably not. Okay. Uh, So that's something else. The market just does not care about uh, what your performance has been in the past. It will squash that old performance. um, and, And it just has, it has for many people who are far better investors than you and I. Now, We ultimately also have to remember that there's not just one right answer, right? Uh, There's not one right way to invest in the stock market or in any other uh, financial market. There's not just one right way to invest, right? Ultimately, you have to do what's right for yourself, okay? Just because I would do things one way uh, and because I feel one way about money does not mean that you have to feel the exact same way. It doesn't mean that you have to invest in the exact same way. What it means uh, is that that one thing worked. And that's okay. Right. And it's okay. Uh, if you look around and you go, uh, you know, I see all these people invested in stocks that, uh, have blown up in large amounts and, uh, they're holding these growth stocks and whatever. And it's okay to look around and go, well, that's just not for me. That is okay. Right. Um, and we get this idea that it's not okay because, you look around and you get FOMO, right? You get fear of missing out. You, th- you see everybody else making money, everybody else making returns, and you want a piece of the pie, right? You want a piece of uh, those returns. It's okay if you don't get them, right? It's okay if you aren't uh, invested in the same way as somebody uh, in a different place in life than you or who has a different risk profile than you do, right? Ultimately, the best portfolio that you can have is the portfolio that you can live with having, right? Right. Uh, We have this idea that, you know, hey, if you're uh, this age, then you need to have an 80 20 portfolio. If you're this age, you need to have 60 40. If you're this age, 50 50, whatever, right? And I just think that's, you know, I think that's crap most of the time. I think it doesn't make any sense most of the time, right? Age is not uh, the biggest determining factor here, right? Age just tells us, you know, how close are we to uh, statistical death, right? Uh, But just because we you know, have death coming uh, at some point doesn't mean that we shouldn't invest you know, to and through death because there are some people who are gonna work their whole life, right? Again, we talked about Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, very successful guy. He's gonna work his entire life or as long as he can, right? Um, that, that man is going to continue working. He's gonna continue to let his money grow. So there are people who are gonna do that and can be very successful in doing so. There's also people who are gonna retire early, Right? And those two people have different needs. Now, they may live to the exact same point, and they may be the exact same age now, but they're going to have different needs moving forward, and they're going to have to adjust their portfolios in different ways moving forward. Also, you may have two people who are the same age and yet have very different risk profiles, right? Uh, I am somebody who's willing to put uh, everything you know, investment-wise into the stock market. I, I feel very comfortable in doing so. But there's also people who aren't very comfortable in doing so and want maybe even cash allocation, right? Uh, Or, you know, other short-term bonds, stable allocations, right? And that's okay too. What you can live with is what you should have because ultimately what matters is getting invested and staying invested over a long period of time. There is not just one right answer, not one right answer for your age, not one right answer for your place in life, not one right answer to create you income or to create you growth. There is not just one right answer. There's many things that could work. And that's part of why um, results don't come from effort because there are many things that over time we have observed as working, right? It's actually worked for somebody. Well, that doesn't mean that it's going to work in the future, or it may work in the future, but maybe not work in the exact same way, right? So even though we put in all this effort and we know history and we try to learn from history, that does not mean that that history is going to just stand behind us and go, it must happen that way in the future. Because the market, again, does not care. It's not going to um, you know necessarily provide you with the exact same outcomes over a long period of time. Now, we have to know that long-term history of the stock market is also a bad indicator of the short-term future, right? So uh, we tend to look deep into the past, and we look deep into the past, and we go, "What have long-term returns been on average uh, in the stock market, right? What What have long-term returns been?" And we look, and we go, "Okay, ten percent or whatever," and we run uh, our you know estimations based on that ten percent. Is that ten percent really the number we need to look at? right? Uh, Should we really take into account things that happened 100 years ago, right? We have all of this, you know, asset pricing data. uh, And, you know, we still take into account in many, in many cases, um, the, you know, Great Depression, right? And we take into account, uh, you know, times when the Fed wasn't getting involved in monetary policy uh, in the same active way that it is today, right? Doesn't that change some things, right? Doesn't that change The way that things happen. Now, it's not to say that we could never have a Great Depression again, uh, but that's to say that the way that our uh, monetary authorities act relative to crisis, relative to the way they did back then, is far, far different, right? Um, So again, we must understand that long-term history is just not going to tell us what the future is going to hold okay? And long-term returns is not necessarily going to tell us what future returns are going to hold, right? So ultimately, what can tell us the most about the future and especially the future uh, in the short term? Well, the future in the short term uh, can best be predicted by the short-term past, right? Uh, By the things that we have recently seen, by the things that we recently know, right? Because prior to 2020, uh, the Fed had never stepped in in the way that they did or in the size of the way that they did, right? Never before, okay? Uh, so knowing that that could happen in in the midst of a crisis will definitely change the way that investors act, right? But if you're looking back 100 years and look at how many times has the Fed stepped in when crisis occurred, uh, and you may see that, hey, that's just not super common, Well, that would be a bad predictor of the future because I'm just going to tell you, uh, you know, let another crisis occur and tell me the Fed won't take the same type of powers that it currently uh, has and and the same type of steps that it's currently taking uh, and put those into financial markets. I'm just going to tell you that would happen again. OK, so we have to know that what happened a long time ago is not necessarily going to tell us what's going to happen in the short term future. And that's okay. Because ultimately, we should not be short term thinkers. We should be long term thinkers. Problem with that is, most people, and especially most investors, are not long term thinkers, right? They say that they are. All right, because who wouldn't say that they are long-term thinkers? Uh, but ultimately, they think very, very short-term. We think very, very short-term. We think that just because we don't see, uh, you know, a, a pop in our, um, you know, investment portfolio when other people might see a pop in their investment portfolios, then that means that we are failures and we need to do something different and we need to, you know, switch things up and change the game. And ultimately, it just may be a bad month. Ultimately, it may just be a time when your portfolio is not linked well uh, with what the overall market is doing, maybe if you don't index or whatever, right? Uh, So we have these just unnecessary and unrealistic expectations of what the future should hold. And we must change that if we want to be good investors and we want to invest over a long period of time, long meaning not a year, not two, not three, not five, not 10, right? We're talking 30, 40, 50 years from now, right? Uh, That needs to be how long we ultimately think about investing. Uh, Because again, we are all going to need to invest to and through death, right? Uh, and you know, hopefully, I, I mean, my hope is that my death is not coming in the next 15, 20 years. Now, does that mean my investments won't change over the next 15 or 20 years? No, does it mean that it, it won't change after that? No, but it does mean that I'm still going to have to invest and I'm still going to have to pay attention and I'm still going to have to push towards an ultimate goal and plan for that ultimate goal, uh, of, you know, reaching whatever age it may be. Okay. So we ultimately have to do this, right? And I said, I would provide you with the prescription here. Um, and I think this is probably the best one we can have. And the best prescription for the market not caring, the best prescription for, uh, you know, underperformance, the best uh, prescription for, you know, there being multiple right answers and the best prescription for the market uh, not doing in the short-term future what it's done in the long-term past is you just have to know yourself, right? And I know that seems like a cruddy answer. It seems like something you're like, what are you talking about? You have to just know yourself. But you have to know yourself right? You have to know what you are willing to put up with. You have to know what you want, okay? And ultimately, do the things that have historically shown you that they can reach that, you know, whatever that benchmark is, whatever that thing, that that want is, whatever those returns are, whatever that, uh, you know, I, I don't know, whatever that outcome is, whatever that, uh, you know, retirement looks like, whatever that your kid going to college looks like, right? Do whatever seems right at the time. Do whatever seems like is going to be best over a long period of time. And ultimately, are you going to be perfectly right? No. And are things going to do better than the way that you do? Yes. Right. Or, you know, are things going to be invested better than the way that you invest? Yes. Right. Are things going to be invested worse than the way that you invest? Sure right? Um, But ultimately, you need to pick something, you need to pick a strategy, you need to stick with that strategy, you need to get invested, you need to stay invested, and know yourself. And don't let anybody else talk you out of your investment strategy. Don't let anybody else, unless you're just doing something dumb, right? Obviously, do your homework, right? Pay attention, do the right things, right? Um, But don't let anybody talk you out of it in uh, this reach for higher returns. Because ultimately. Even if there are higher returns, the likelihood that they are consistent over a long period of time is very low. Now, all of this that I've said today is a very good you know, speech about, hey, Go ahead and just passively invest. Don't worry about trying to beat the market. And I don't think that's 100% true over time. I think that you can beat the market. And I think you can have times of really great uh, abnormal returns. But again, you have to take into account that you're not always going to outperform. Every year is not going to be outperformance. Every month is not going to be outperformance. Even if over a long period of time, your averages outperform, right? So you have to understand that and be willing to put up with that. Over a long period of time. But if you do want to just passively invest, and I've told you many times, I think that most individuals should, and most of the investing that I do myself is passive investing, then by all means do so uh, because it takes away a lot of these ambiguities. You get what the market makes, you get what the market gives, um, and Ultimately, you know that that's what you're going to receive. So you can sleep pretty well at night knowing that that's the case. But if all of it's on your shoulders to make uh, a specific investment decision or uh, on some, uh, you know, an active manager or advisor that you're entrusting, uh, then it's going to be way harder to sleep because there's far more ambiguity there, right? So just take all these things into account. And I promise you this. This will make you a better investor. Being thoughtful about these ideas and about these, um, you know, things that we have discussed in today's episode uh, will make you a better investor and will uh, put you in a position uh, to make better returns over a long period of time. Now, better returns not necessarily meaning um, you know beat the market returns, but uh, better returns in the way of relative to who you are and what you know about yourself. You should be able to build a better portfolio and on a risk adjusted basis make the best returns for yourself that you possibly can. Uh, and I hope that you do well. I hope that your results are what you want them to be. But just remember, they do not have to be. And ultimately, the market does not care what you think. The market is going to do what the market's going to do so thanks for watching this video if you could go down below hit the big red subscribe button like this video leave me feedback in the comments down below and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there if you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms follow me on social media at mno with Dylan and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day and then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term then I can do that just DM me on any of the major your social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions and you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long-term financial goals and ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual who's watching or listening to this show on a day-to-day basis. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.